0: It's Kincaid and Breckenridge on News Talk 770. Boy, oh boy, what a show. Today, if you missed it, well, we had the man of the hour. Everyone's talking about him and his proposal to get Rachel Notley to resign. Businessman Shark Tank Shark and uh, self-proclaimed Mr. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary, was on the show with us.
1: Yeah, and then Greg Clark came in. You can listen (laughs) after that. Then we interviewed Alberta Party Leader Greg Clark. You can listen to Kincaid and Breckenridge weekday mornings, 930 to 1230 on News Talk 770 is your place for opinion and talk in Calgary, Kincaid and Breckenridge on News Talk 770. All right, let's do this. Welcome to Kincaid and Breakenridge. I'm Roger Kincaid, that's Rob Breakenridge. Two Alberta boys living the Alberta dream. Bring the dream, bring it. Anytime now, Alberta. Anytime.
0: Anytime. Well, after today, $1.3 billion. I'll be sad. <laughs> That's the rest U- of you are on your own
1: That's a U.S. too Boy, okay. as, our, as our dollar sinks, that Powerball jackpot gets even bigger and bigger and bigger You know, we might get into that a little bit later on uh, We've got a, a jam-packed show for you today uh, Including Greg Clark, the uh, leader of the Alberta Party Who will join us at 10.30 this morning to talk royalty review And it seems to me that these royalty review uh, and other related oil stories uh, Are kind of driving the conversation right now Particularly between uh, our next guest and uh, a lot of Albertans. Kevin O'Leary uh, had something to say about Premier Rachel Notley. The deal is, if she steps down uh, out of grace and out of concern for the province of Alberta, that he will invest a million dollars in Alberta oil companies. But right now, he simply can't do it because she is not the steward of the Alberta oil economy that, uh, that Alberta really needs right now. So joining us on the telephone is uh, the man himself, the Merchant of Truth, uh, one of the sharks from the tank, one of the dragons from the den, uh, Mr. Kevin O'Leary. Mr. Wonderful, it's good to Great have
0: to you. to here, thank you. I'm not
1: just buttering him up either. I'm legitimately a fan of Kevin O'Leary.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about, Kevin, your concerns about what's happening here in Alberta. Obviously, you've got a lot of attention this week with this offer of sorts that you put on the table. What, what, what's the underlying concern here?
2: You know, it's a wake-up call. If you think about what's happened, and let's just get the emotion out of this, because it certainly has been quite a... Uh, a debate that's starting to rage about this but I want to go back to the numbers and that's what matters the number one export in Canada, our number one industry is 130 billion dollars energy, nothing even comes close, the number two is auto parts at 60 billion the reason the Canadian dollar is collapsing is obviously the price of oil is going down, we are a petrodollar, but also we have some very unstable government policy when The premier's mandate began eight months ago. She made many references to this industry in the dialogue she was going to have with it, some of the policy changes. The first thing she did was slap on a 20 percent increase to corporate taxes at a time that couldn't have been worse. Remember, we've now lost 62,000 jobs in the energy sector since her reign began. Now, look, I'm not blaming her for the price of oil, but I'm blaming her for poor leadership and poor policy. And as an investor and a proud Canadian, I've had enough. I was promised a royalty review that has now gone past eight months. The uncertainty has created so much chaos in the investment community that dollars no longer come to Canada. That's one of the reasons the Canadian dollar is collapsing. There's no demand for it. The number one sector, the number one industry, the number one employer, the number one payer of taxes, the number one payer of royalties is all the energy sector. And with all of this uncertainty, I am now sure with 100% confidence that she does not have what it takes to be a leader of this sector. She never did it before. She'll probably never get to do it again. And I'm just putting up my hands saying, I'm just,
1: I can't take it anymore. I can't watch my country go down like this. I want someone to pick up the reins. Well, we'll get to the million-dollar offer in in a sec here, but... I mean, then, th- th- why are you just targeting Rachel Notley on this one, then? Uh, I mean, we have Christy Clark, who yesterday uh, put forward the same letter, basically, that she put forward on Northern Gateway and said uh, the Kinder Morgan project uh, shouldn't go through. She'd like the NEB to uh, throw that one down. And then we've also got uh, eastern premiers who opposed the, the, the other pipeline, east-west uh, pipeline, for, for or the energy east pipeline, excuse me, uh, for seemingly no good reason. So are, do you call them out as well?
2: No. Uh, right now I'm focusing on the number one problem. Let's deal with what we can work on right now that we can actually measure. I'm measuring job loss, collapse of market capitalization, and a concern about the long-term viability of our number one industry. The steward of that industry has always been the premier of Alberta. Only 36 months ago, this province was the envy of North America, and look at it now. It's in shambles. Who should I blame for that? Is there someone else I should be talking to? Because I don't don't know anybody else that's the Premier of Alberta, okay? And look, I mean no disrespect. I'm just talking about the facts here. It's hard to say this, but it doesn't change the fact that it's the truth. And now, do we want the next 62,000 jobs to go? I want to invest in Alberta. I can't because I don't know what the cash flows are going to be until you tell me what the royalty rates are. Why does it take so long? Why maintain this uncertainty? These are the questions I think we should all have as Canadians. And I can only point my finger at one person. Is there somebody else to ask for the answer? Tell me who that is,
1: Okay. because I don't know who it is. Well, then, as an investor, which you clearly are far more expert in than than anyone else in this conversation right now, if the premier were to step down, or if we'd never had an NDP premier in the first place, and we did have oil that is now tickling the $29 mark, would you still be willing to invest in oil companies in alberta knowing that the returns are not uh, favorable
2: if i knew it had strong leadership absolutely i'd rather put my incremental dollar into canada every day of the week i am looking at the energy sector and i can't make a move until i know what the policy is going to be what we should have is not sound bites from the premier i understand she and i are in a dialogue we don't need sound bites what we need is a plan i want to hear a plan What is the plan over the next 36 months that's going to maintain this industry through this period of hardship? Normally, what you would do as a government when you have your number one sector collapsing because of a commodity price you can't control is you would throw support. You wouldn't run around the world talking about adding $3 billion of of carbon tax on it. You wouldn't raise corporate rates. You wouldn't add the uncertainty of not knowing what the royalty rates are. These are all fails, in my view, over the last eight months. I want to see this corrected. I much prefer... To hear that she got together with the employers, that she flew out to Ottawa to sit down to create an emergency plan with the feds, who are now looking at supporting Bombardier, a single company. I'm talking about saving a whole industry. What's the plan? I'm a Canadian with my hand up saying, show me a plan. If you don't have one, step aside and let someone else do it. That's my message. Sorry if it sounds harsh. It's still the truth.
0: It would be hard to deny, obviously, I, I think we're in agreement here that, that the royalty review and the, the delay in, in finalizing that review has created a lot of uncertainty. Does that all go away then by the end of this month when they put forward that review and they put forward their plan, or do you still need to see what, what's in that plan?
2: Of course I need to see what's in that plan. I need to, have, I need to know what the deal is. The way the... the A sector like this works is my million dollars is nothing. It's symbolic. There's billions behind it, waiting to find out what this industry is going to look like, what returns it can provide, what are the risks we're going to take. But it's something special for us as Canadians. When you look at the numbers and you see how many people are employed and how much it's tied to the ongoing success of our country, it has to have a special elated place. Higher than any other industry. It has to have support from every level of government. And I don't see that. And in order to get that, you need a very strong leader, totally committed to this sector, committed to every single job in there, to every Calgarian and every Albertan that works there and their family works there. You know, by now, with sixty thousand jobs lost, you know somebody that's lost their job. Every family in Alberta knows somebody who's lost their job. And in a few more months, another 10,000 jobs will be gone. I'm alarmed. I'm concerned. And I watch the Canadian dollar from afar collapsing, and I know why that's happening. I want to see it fixed. I don't think this is a horrible message. If it creates a national dialogue about Alberta and and government policy there, and I'm agnostic to party, I don't care what party. I'm talking about what it takes to be a leader in a time of crisis. And I don't see that leadership and I'm concerned.
0: Okay. Here's part of the problem though. When when you put that offer on the table and you look as make it look as though this this money's contingent on a certain politician resigning, you saw Notley's I'm sure saw Notley's response to it yesterday. It seems out here, Kevin, that you are playing into her hands, this is creating sympathy for Rachel Notley. Uh and do you worry then that, that you've created uh the, the opposite of, of what you're trying to accomplish here?
2: No, no. I hope we're getting into a dialogue about what's happening in Alberta, not only in Alberta, but across Canada. I think it's very important. You know, if if this controversy started by a million dollar offer and it ends up in accelerating their decision to bring out royalty rates, to understand what the policy is going to be, to actually call out to the feds for some sort of a program to support this industry, then my work is well done. That's the way I look at it. I'm not trying to make friends. okay? I'm trying to protect the most important asset we have in this country. You and Alberta are the stewards of the most important industry in Canada by every single measure, economic, socially, you know, energy is so important to us, it always has been. And, and I'm frustrated. I'm watching this, this horror movie every day and I'm saying to myself, does no one else think the way I do? then I'll call out. I'll call out for some sanity. I don't see it. I really, really need to see a really strong plan that I can look at as an investor, call other investors behind me to support and get people back in industry and saving these jobs. These are really important people. We can't lose them. They have to stay in this industry. We have to stay very viable. We don't have a new industry that replaces 130 billion a year in sales. We don't have anything near that. That's why this is a crisis, and I think we have the wrong leader. That's all I'm
1: saying. Okay, now, fair enough, but there are a lot of people listening to this interview right now saying, let's say Kevin O'Leary gets his way, Rachel Notley steps down. Then what happens next? Now, I guess contingent upon this million dollar offer that's symbolic would also be the rest of the NDP caucus stepping down so we could have a by-election and change the government. Or are you suggesting that there are individuals in the NDP caucus who could lead this province in the effective means that you suggest?
2: I think if the NDP caucus petitioned the oil industry, they could take a leader, someone who has been a business leader that's made payroll in the province of Alberta, that knows a lot about this industry and what it takes to go through the next three years of very low oil prices and bring them and make them the leader. You know, you think about this, there's no other important issue in alberta other than those jobs in this industry well democracy is pretty
1: important. i would say that's a pretty important issue
2: i'm not asking i'm not asking to breach the democratic system i think you are i'm asking her to step down in good grace no no but it's but it's
1: it's it's a replacement we're already past that so we've taken the hypothetical that she steps down in good grace and now we've got the ndp caucus they're going to select a business leader and say it's you know it's not up to the party now to choose somebody. We have to go find somebody who can steward this province and then plant that person in a by-election. Hope that person wins the by-election so that that person can then be deemed the leader of the province.
2: You know, there's another way to do this. She simply steps aside. She maintains the leadership if you want to get away from these mechanics and bring someone in as her number one consultant to actually make policy and deal with the federal government. I don't really care what the mechanics are, but I want to know who else can run the show there. Right. Because this leader doesn't do it for me. So, And the Albertan people have to make this decision themselves. I'm just pointing out the obvious. Right, but how does this all correct the dollar?
1: It's, It's terrible. It's awful, and it's awful in so many respects. I mean, we're planning to talk on this program, Kevin, about the rising cost of food, and it's due in large part to the fact that our dollar has shed some 70% of its value. Now cauliflower costs $7 if it didn't taste as bad enough when it cost $3. But the point is is that right next door to us, we've got Brad Wall, who is probably a tremendous steward of the Saskatchewan oil industry. There's some 15%, I believe, of the oil production in this country, so smaller in magnitude than Alberta, but yet his stewardship of the industry has not been able to buoy the Canadian dollar, or the price of oil so so how does this impact our petrodollar positively
2: the amount of dollar that goes into his province versus, which is what versus what goes into yours is materially different there is no capex larger than what's happening in alberta regarding yeah. the energy industry so here's what you do if you want to support the dollar and your industry you make it so attractive for investors like me that have the option to invest globally That every incremental dollar I want to spend on energy goes to Calgary, goes to Alberta, goes to the companies in Canada. You give me policy that's going to be so attractive that I want my Swiss franc, my euro, my American dollar to come in, buy Canadian dollars to invest in Canadian energy industries. Doesn't that make sense? It's that Simple. You don't tell me that you're going to add $3 billion of carbon taxes in the next three years. You don't run around the world saying we're going to change Calgary to be green. I would love all that to happen, but right now we're trying to save the the entire industry and all those jobs. So we have to have something immediate that turns the tide of this negative sentiment that we've got globally. What I'm telling you is true. You have to travel with me to New York and Zurich and Geneva and London and listen to what people are saying about what we're doing in Alberta. It's just chaos and confusion. So they don't try and understand it anymore. They just go spend their money somewhere else. We have to fix that. We have to give very simple mandates that people understand as investors to why the most attractive place to invest on earth in energy is Canada, but more specifically, Alberta. And I'm not even born in Alberta, and I'm telling you this because I care that much.
0: Well, look, and, and there are people here that, that are saying the same thing, as you're well aware, Kevin. I mean, there, there are political parties, there are organizations, grassroots organizations, that are all trying to get this message out, all trying to, to push the government in the right direction or or perhaps working to unseating this government in, in the next election. If you think putting a million dollars on the table can make a positive difference, why not get behind some of these groups?
2: Look, I'm using my opportunity to have this dialogue with you, other Canadians, obviously people in alberta to say i think it's important we talk about this there is a path to get out of this mess i'm just no longer sure that who you've elected is the right leader i'm sorry it's a hard message but you have to deal with the truth it doesn't mean you have to change democracy it means you have to find somebody over the next 36 months to run the show to make it attractive for all investors not my, not my million dollars that's Pure symbolism, and I'd be happy to invest much more than that if you gave me a reason to do it. Help me invest in Alberta. Make it stable. Tell me that it's a good place, and you'll be a great steward of my money, and you care about this industry. And then you'll get not just my money, but billions more, and the Canadian dollar will stop its free fall. It's the number one issue. We're tied to the price of oil, but also the policy around oil.
0: Well, but here's the other thing, and, and I think some critics have pointed to this, Kevin, that, that you're talking down the Alberta economy, that this is also serving to, to scare away investors.
2: No, 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 no. I've had enough. I'm trying to wake up politicians in Alberta so that we don't have this on an ongoing basis. It really is time to bring forward the royalty plan. We've waited eight months for it, and I just found out last week we're going to have to wait longer. That just creates more uncertainty. That's a fail. That's a big mistake. More uncertainty really keeps capital out of Alberta. It's time. This has nothing to do with politicians. This is about good policy, about how to run a business, how to keep people employed in Alberta. That's what's going to help Canada. That's what makes it a better country. You know, I keep going back to the numbers. You can't deny $130 billion dollars. That's huge. It's absolutely huge. And I think we're in a crisis. I'm sorry, guys. It's okay. just, it is what it is. And okay. I've just put up my hand and said, i got to point this out, and I hope we can get a national dialogue going. I'm very proud we're talking about it, that's for
1: sure. I don't know why you're sorry. We're the ones who live here. But, Kevin, what, what jurisdiction do you invest your money in when it comes to resources?
2: Right now I'm looking at the opportunities in large-cap U.S., multinationals, and European transport companies because the policies are extremely stable. But what
1: jurisdiction is gover- like, like that's because you're talking about government, so like specifically which government is offering stable policies that have attracted not that you're looking at, but that have attracted your investment. British, German, American. Excellent. Kevin O'Leary, thanks so much for your time today. Much appreciated, sir. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Kevin
0: uh, O'Leary. There you go. A businessman, investor, author, T V star. Just all-around uh, wonderful guy, is, really, as he'll tell you. Splendidly
1: wonderful guy. And it's unanimous on text message, too, by the way, that you loved the interview with Kevin O'Leary. You know, we've got to take a quick break. We're late for one, and we're going to uh, have a lot of time for your phone calls over the next 40 minutes or so. You're listening to Kincaid and Breckenridge. This is News Talk
0: 770. All right, Kincade and Breckenridge on News Talk 770. You can uh, text us 770-770, but holy crap. I don't remember the last topic we did that generated this many texts. It's just impossible. They they just keep pouring in. A lot of them say, this guy's great. Go, Kevin. He's absolutely right, 100%. Love this guy. Kevin for prime minister. Uh, And there's get this guy off the air. I'm changing the station. This guy has no facts. This guy is an idiot. Uh, My goodness. My goodness.
1: I love, too, the guy who, who texts to say, why don't you guys just listen Instead of trying to argue all the time, does that go for all guests? Like, if we had Premier Rachel Notley on and she said, Yeah, just were gonna... listen to her. Yeah, listen to her. She's talking about raising the corporate tax rate. Why arguing. do you have to argue?
0: <laughs> Probably not. Well, the oh, same guy yeah. who says the only good socialist is a dead socialist. Yeah, same person. So, um, that's the level of discourse. Okay. I think we can do better than that.
1: You know, we can do way better than that. And you've got to check yourself. Like, really, before you send the text, check yourself. Would you would you appreciate the same sentiment on the other side? So like for example, and I don't know how this happened but some guy yesterday was, was emailing us or Facebook messaging us and on his Facebook profile his avatar was that of Augusto Pinochet. And I thought to myself, how are we supposed to take this guy seriously? If he's holding Pinochet up as another oh, was a good conservative. <laughs> Yeah,
0: no kidding. Okay, well, listen, we're right up against the top of the hour, but if you're on the phone line, stay there because we're going to get right to the phones after the 10 o'clock news. Darwin Allen, uh, hang on, we're going to get to your calls 974-8255. We'll try to read some more of these texts as well, 770, 770, and they're still they're still pouring in. So a lot of reaction to this. Now, I mean, I think a lot of people agree with the sentiment, and I agreed with a lot of what Kevin O'Leary said. I mean, the people that think we are arguing with them or too indoctrinated to listen to them, I think he made a lot of good points. It's just to me that the big hang up for me is this this one million dollar if she resigns. That, I, I think, is, is tantamount to a bribe. You know, you're, you're usurping democracy. And I was uncomfortable with them. Anyway, we'll see what people think.
1: Yeah, I got got some thoughts to share on it as well. We're definitely right up against uh, the news to 10 o'clock, which we'll break for right now. Your phone calls afterwards, 974-8255. It's Kincaid and Breckenridge on News Talk 770.
0: All right, welcome back. Kincaid and Breckenridge on News Talk 770. I'm Rob. That's Roger. Uh, This next conversation I think is going to kind of pick up where the last one left off. There is obviously concern about where things stand in Alberta uh, regarding the the energy sector. A lot of jobs lost, a lot of uncertainty going forward. And a lot of people pointed to the government and saying, you know, what's your plan? Show us your plan. Why, why is this royalty review taking so long? What's it going to mean for the sector going forward? You know, it's not just Kevin O'Leary who wants to know that. I mean, a lot of people want to know that. And once we see something, I guess we'll be able to have that conversation. But there is a need, I think, for, for others who might disagree with, with the government's approach to come to the table with their own ideas and their own solutions and say, you know what, this is where I think we need to go, and this is why I think the government's on the wrong track. So let's let's find, Roger, someone willing to do that. Can we? <laughs> is, there,
1: is there anyone <laughs> in the room? Who has some ideas in this regard. Let's talk to Greg Clark, the uh, leader of the Alberta Party, MLA for uh, Calgary Elbow. Good to have you back in the studio, Greg. Hi, guys. Good to be here. You you are here frequently, and we thank you very much for uh, for your time. It's sometimes difficult to get party leaders on, uh, not you. Um, okay, so where are we at then? I mean, uh, tell us uh, tell us the Alberta Party's uh, opinion of the royalty review delay now.
3: Well, I, I, well it, it, it's created huge uncertainty right from the very start. And I think uh, the original plan was to get it done by the end of last year. Uh, And there's no question that the uncertainty created by the royalty review in itself parked some capital on the sidelines. Uh, And now price had a huge part to do with why we haven't seen a lot of investment in oil and gas. But there's a a company in Saskatchewan attracted nearly $150 million of investment capital for oil and gas uh, as recently as last week. Uh, and uh, there's a stable regime in Saskatchewan. Those investors know what they're going to get, uh, and that same can't be said in Alberta. So I'd like to see that royalty panel report uh, released as soon as possible, and I'd like to see the government's action plan on that to create that stability that we need to get some investment flowing back into oil and gas. Why, what's the reason for the delay? Do we know? Boy, I have no idea. Uh, I, I can't help but wonder if there's not some differences of opinion even within the ND cabinet itself. And I wonder if maybe they don't like what they've seen from the uh, the panel. I think you look at the, who's on that panel. They're pretty capable people, all four of them. I think they're going to bring forward a balanced plan that isn't going to spike royalties in Alberta. They understand... All the different ways that Albertans benefit from oil and gas, it's not just royalties. It's the corporate taxes that are paid. It's the property taxes that are paid, especially in rural Alberta where the production happens. Uh, it's uh, land sales and leases. It's uh, all the... In personal income tax that gets paid by the people who work directly and indirectly it's all that activity so if if you constrain that activity that investment we as Albertans don't benefit and the benefits we get from that are health and education and infrastructure so I, I do wonder if there's a, if there's a difference of opinion there okay uh, you brought up Saskatchewan you talked about 150 million dollar investment
1: in uh, in that province uh, in part because they have a more stable regime right now
3: Um but are we still seeing layoffs in Saskatchewan? Uh, sure, I mean, thirty-dollar oil—that's uh, going to have a big impact. There's, there's no doubt. Uh, the energy industry around the world is taking hits, um, but there's still some money flowing into that sector. There are people who say, uh, make a, a you know, private sector investors who say, you know what, oil is probably not going to be thirty bucks forever. Uh, we're going to take a long-term view here, and we're going to continue to invest in in energy production, but they're going to do that in a way where they can predict what their returns will be, where there's not a, a uncertainty of what royalty. Rates will be down the road. Uh, That's the problem that we have right now in Alberta, which is why it's so important to get that report out there so uh, investors can make decisions and and start to think about investing back in Alberta. So you think we need some, some incentives, though? And that's part of what this plan talks about. Yeah, my my plan, and we, we called it sustaining prosperity, because uh, the energy industry in Alberta, the oil and gas industry, has created tremendous prosperity for our province, as we well know. And I think it can and should continue to create tremendous prosperity for us. As long as the world wants to use oil and gas in some form or fashion, Alberta ought to be a big part of where they get it from. And we shouldn't be ashamed of that. We should be proud of what we've We've, we've uh, developed in this province, and as long as we can continue to responsibly develop oil and gas, I think we ought to be a, a big supplier. Uh, Saskatchewan has an incentive program uh, that has royalty rates half of what Alberta's are uh, for new wells drilled. Alberta has an incentive program that lasts for 12 months and then kicks into a higher royalty. Saskatchewan's based on a volume of production. So I'd like to see us cut our incentive uh, rate in half, uh, make it more of a volume-based so producers can optimize those wells and not pick an artificial moment in time to uh, produce their well. Uh, And uh, that, I think, is going to help get people back to work, get drilling rigs operating. uh, And that in itself generates economic activity, which generates tax revenue and benefit to Alberta.
1: Well, it's kind of funny because it, you know, it, it sounded like you might be describing breweries there in, in Alberta, because we had a similar thing go on. And as we know, we've talked to some of our friends like Graham Sherman at Toolshed, who said, "Look, they changed some policies this government did that made it much easier for breweries to make a go of it, uh, small, medium, and large size." But let's get into the specifics here. And I know you touched on this, uh, the, the fact that Saskatchewan has 50% of the new well rate, that new well royalty rate rather, that Alberta does we were very critical of uh, Mr O'Leary who was on uh, in that he did not articulate a blueprint so clearly that is one fundamental uh, I guess brick in the wall of this blueprint. Can you get into more detail about certain policy steps this NDP government could take that could stimulate that investment and create jobs?
3: Yeah, I, that drilling incentive is one. I think we need to look at what we're really good at in Alberta. We've got some strategic uh, uh, geological formations in the Duvernay and the Montney uh, shale. Uh, already there's a lot of activity up there but if we change those royalties to work the same way that oil sands royalties do in that you have a very low royalty rate until you recapture your initial capital expenditure. These are long life assets and also long, uh, requiring a large amount of capital investment up front. Uh, that's really done a, uh, wonders to get the oil sands going. Uh, I think that we can take that approach. That also allows Albertans over time to have more of an annuity, steady stream of royalties once those projects reach payout. Um if you have a system like that, you got to make sure you audit it properly uh, and that we as uh, the owners of the resource know that we're in fact getting the right deal and, and that companies aren't uh, sneaking in new costs into those projects to prevent them from reaching payout and hitting that higher royalty level. Uh, I think anyone who's ever done their taxes or talked to their accountant is always going to try to find ways to minimize your tax uh, costs. Companies are going to do the same thing with those assets. Uh, we as uh, the, uh, the government ought to make sure that, that uh, we're just being vigilant to make sure that, in fact, we're getting the right deal and, and, uh, and, and those royalties are kicking up when they should. Uh, but really, it's about saying that we want to create a frame in Alberta where it's attractive for oil and gas investors, private investors, to develop the resources that we as Albertans own. The other thing that's really important here—it's an opportunity in this royalty review to, to inform Albertans about all of the ways that the oil and gas industry benefits Alberta, but also how investment decisions get made. It's really easy to have a one-line sentence in a political brochure saying we're going to get our fair share. What does that really mean? Yeah. You know, and, and and so if those if those costs get too high for industry, be it corporate taxes, royalties, land sales, municipal taxes, corp, uh, carbon taxes, all of those things add up. And eventually, investors say, you know what? There may be some resources in Alberta, but I'm going to get a better return somewhere else. And if they're not investing in Alberta, there's no activity, uh, and we don't benefit from those resources.
0: But what about the way we collect royalties? I mean, people understand royalties as you know us getting a cut of the action, but the way in which we calculate it, the way we collect these, because this this plan talks about changing the way we do that to more of a cash flow system. Explain
3: what that means. So in the oil sands, uh, your original capital cost, uh, let's say it costs $5 billion to build an oil sands project. You pay a low one between 1% and 9% royalty rate, depending on price, for the first $5 billion of uh, uh, money you earn as part of that project. Plus, I think it's a six percent cost of capital over and above the original, say five billion. It's already confusing. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) So let's just keep it five billion dollars. And once once you get to five billion and one, your royalty rate kicks up to being twenty between twenty five and forty percent, depending on price. And so when I talk about that magical payout point. Uh, companies will try to put as much into that original capital cost as they can to keep their royalties low, and, and I think any of us would try to do that as well. Sure. So we need to make sure that we've got clear rules and that it's properly audited. Um, part of the problem in the past has been that price uh, cost overruns, uh, keep them from hitting payout. Uh, but that's really what we're talking about. That allows us as Albertans to share some of the risk, but also share in the benefit over time, because those 25 to 40% uh, royalty rates last a really long time. Uh, and, and that's a real benefit to the province. But but of course, there's benefit as the project is getting built in you know, all the jobs that are created, the taxes that are paid from that, all the uh, spinoffs for people who run hotels and motels and water trucks and all sorts of different things. Uh, that That's a real benefit to the province. So if we look at it as almost a, f- a manufacturing kind of idea, uh, we're going to create a, a long tail of, of revenue for the province. And that's a good thing.
1: Uh, We've got to take a break, Greg. We'll uh, we'll ask you to stand by, please, and we'll come right back after this. It's Kincaid and Breckenridge. This is News Talk 770. All right, welcome back. I'm Roger. That's Rob. We do this show called Kincaid and Breckenridge. We also do a podcast, which you can get at RoroShow.com and on iTunes as well. Our guest in the studio is Greg Clark, leader of the Alberta Party. Um, so I, I joked in the last segment, Greg, uh, when you're throwing percentages around. And if you want me to break down your odds of winning the Powerball, I can do that for you later. But it's too confusing. And I think that when we go undertake this royalty review thing, there's a lot of headlines about it. We do talk radio segments about it. Uh, to be quite frank with you, I still don't have a bloody clue. Like, I couldn't explain the royalty regime to people and how we collect money. Is it too complicated? Is it so complex uh, that it not only confuses Albertans, but
3: it also discourages investment? I'm not sure it discourages investment. Uh, I, I think that there is some over, a lot of overhead that's, uh, that's created uh, from the way the system works. At the same time, we have a very complicated geology in alberta and and in a lot of ways it makes it 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 when you actually Peel back the onion. It actually does make some sense that it works the way it does. In the same way, the tax code is incredibly complex. Uh, And and so I do think there's an opportunity there to simplify that as well. One of the things I've suggested is that the the province, uh, the provincial government issue what I'm calling a resource owner's report once a year that, that quantifies look, here's how much we got from royalties, here's the jobs that were created by oil and gas, here's the spin off jobs that were created as a result of that, here's the environmental uh, record and and here 's the social performance, good and bad, put it all in one place uh, as as companies, a lot of companies do that triple bottom line report environmental, social, and economic benefits and costs of of doing business and make it accessible, make it a nice website with graphs and charts, and make it in plain language. Uh, what I see now on the government of alberta 's energy website is a whole bunch of math, and I was not really a math guy in school right and it 's all sorts of formulas and calculations and and there 's a need for that for the technical people who fill uh, figure that stuff out but and part of the problem here is it is opaque to Albertans. You can't really see through it and understand how it all works. Uh, but I do think it's important the government starts to put that in one place and make it accessible and, and, and clear to people.
0: Something that I found interesting about your, your report or your, your suggestions, because we've certainly heard signals, indications, that the, uh, the NDP government wants to tweak royalties to try to encourage companies or reward companies for doing more of the so-called value-added stuff here, refining and upgrading and. Um, you know, we've got one big one, the uh, Sturgeon Refinery that, that's coming online, but there's obviously been the suggestion that we don't do
3: enough of this here. How, how do you see that that desire playing into a, a royalty policy? Well, that's that age-old Canadian problem, isn't it? Right. I mean, the, the challenge we have in Alberta is is we are at the end of the pipe. Right. We're a long way from where people consume the end products of oil and gas. So the reason refineries are in Chicago and Texas and Montreal. and and the eastern seaboard is that's where people consume that product. And so if all of a sudden we have a bunch of refined product coming out of Alberta, we still have a pipeline problem uh, and and a transport problem, so we probably don't capture the full value of that. If people want to buy raw product and we have raw product, we ought to sell that to them. The the, the whole term value add in itself I have a problem with because it implies that what we do today doesn't add any value. And on the drive over I was listening to some of your comments in response to one of the callers. If refineries or upgrading made sense in Alberta, the private sector would do it. I mean, Suncores tried to build the Voyager Upgrader twice, and it became economic, uneconomic both times. Uh, So at what point do we as Albertans say, no, no, we're willing, it's okay, use my tax dollars to subsidize these giant projects? Um, That's a huge risk, and that's my big concern with the Northwest Upgrader. Uh, what exactly is the risk that, uh, that, that Albertan taxpayers are at here? And there's, there's speculation. It could be a billion dollars a year that it could cost us for the next 30 years. Others will say, no, 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 there's, we're going to make $500 million a year. Well, I don't know. That's what I've asked the Auditor General to do, is to look in all of those actual risks, quantify those risks, put them in black and white for Albertan so we truly understand in an objective and neutral way what are our risks on that project. So what I'm okay with is perhaps some tax incentives to, to say we might want to head in this direction. Um, especially on things like petrochemical. In Alberta, we have a huge surplus of natural gas, a huge surplus of propane. Uh, those are feedstocks for uh, for polypropylene and all kinds of different plastics and all sorts of stuff. There may be a case for us to do that, and some companies are starting to do that in and around Edmonton. Uh, but I want to be really careful about the government getting directly involved in picking winners and losers, because that almost never works. So we got <laughs>
0: right now, we, we've got what's known as the, the BRIC program, Bitumen Royalties in Kind. Which is a way that that the Alberta government essentially becomes a partner in these kinds of projects, but but even
3: that's complex. It is complex, and look, I mean, it's it's we're either so what that means is instead of taking money. For royalties, we take bitumen, and then we, as 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 the government of Alberta, on the behalf of all Albertans, could do something with it. It's the same thing, you know. Are, are we really? The government is saying we know better. So instead of investing those dollars in healthcare and education and roads and bridges, we're going to invest that in some sort of value add. Now they may partner with the private sector, which perhaps mitigates the risk a little bit. But they tried that with Novatel, with with Gainer's meatpacking plant, with a dozen other examples in the in the Getty era in particular. So it's a very slippery slope, we start going down. Uh, Alberta, if it's an attractive place for private investment to build facilities and the economic model makes sense, then it's going to happen. So keep tax rates reasonable, have a highly educated and highly skilled workforce. Those are the kinds of things that are going to drive economic activity of all kinds in Alberta.
1: One thing about the royalty review, the the whole process of having a royalty review that uh, kind of baffles me from time to time. It's like, If you're operating a business, aren't you constantly reviewing your revenue practices so that you are always looking at your balance sheet, always looking at your your red and black ink and going, we need to adjust here and there. The marketplace is changing. We need to be nimble. It seems to me every time we talk about doing that as a government with a royalty review, people freak right out. And is the problem that we don't have it in place where we're actually doing a royalty review very regularly, maybe every six months to 12 months, looking at the market and saying, We've got to make adjustments to incentivize business to keep producing.
3: The the, the challenge is the predictability of the royalty regime for long-life investment decisions. So if you don't know uh, five years, 10 years, 15 years from now whether your royalties are going to go up or down or left or right, who knows, it's very difficult to make an investment decision. Uh, If there's instability, that's not good. But I do agree with your point that I think we should always be monitoring the overall fiscal structure of Alberta. All of the costs and, and benefits of the province, royalties being one, but corporate tax being another. Uh, the world around us is changing pretty quickly, as we see from a $30 barrel of oil. Uh, what 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 are the impacts of that change going to be? So I think Alberta's got to decide: do we want to be in the energy game or not? My answer to that is absolutely yes. In a world that's trying to burn less oil, or at least at the very least emit less carbon or greenhouse gas emissions. Should we be trying to be in this industry still? Now, my answer to that is yes, we should, but we need to make sure that the uh, structure exists where that can happen. I think there's nowhere in the world that's better suited to Alberta uh, than Alberta to create green technologies to reduce carbon footprint of oil and gas uh, to allow us uh, to continue to be a part of that and also to diversify our economy, pivoting off of something we already do really well. Just
0: quickly, in, in the, the minute we have remaining here, Greg, the uh, education minister is just announcing a new policy, creating safer spaces, guidelines for safe spaces in school regarding sexual orientation and, and gender identity. And I know it's similar to a motion you would put forward last year. So are, are they on the right track here?
3: Uh, they are. I haven't seen the announcement yet. But if it's what I think it is, uh, it really is implementing Bill 10, right, which allows uh, students to request uh, a, a gay-straight alliance in, in class. Uh, and I even mean, go deeper than that in terms of uh, respect in schools. Uh, There have been some problems with certain school boards, the Edmonton Catholic Board in particular, but others uh, that have been very hesitant to pass appropriate policies. So I called on the Minister of Education to give school boards until March 31st of this year to make uh, their own appropriate policy, and if they can't come up with one, then he'll impose one on them. Uh, I hope that's what he's announcing today. That's exactly what I'd asked for, and and if he does, I think it's great for, for students and staff all around the province.
1: Greg Clark, our time is up.
3: Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks, guys. Anytime.
1: All right. That's Greg Clark, leader of the Alberta Party, MLA for Calgary Elbow. We'll be right back after this.